And I love that, the power of that and telling a story through it. Yep. And so I wanted my boys to work on the backside of it if I could help create the front side door that opened people to it. That's what happened. So we started working on that in like October of 2020 and came up with Honor Society. Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? It is your host, John the Marketer. I am here today, man, for our very first episode of Small Business Origins. You are used to me every single week saying the Beef Podcast. I was so nervous that that's what I was going to pop off with on this show. But goosebumps, John. I have goosebumps right now, man. That (laughs) is the time we're recording this. Our last episode of the Beef aired yesterday, and today is the very first episode we're doing of Small Business Origins. And it's exciting. I love the new intro almost as much as I loved the old one. The new logo right here for you. Hopefully this is not the first time that everybody's getting to view this, but it's been crazy. It's been a heck of a ride. 56 episodes, one whole year of telling small business stories. And we just thought the Beef Podcast, while it was great in its branding, because that's what we do here, (laughs) uh, it was great in the name, the intro, the outro. It just didn't tell you what the show was about. And small business origins, I think you get that idea pretty clearly. So I am so excited that you're tuned in for our nationwide search to get entrepreneurs who have a business and a story to tell. And one of those entrepreneurs is joining me in the studio right now, Billy Shield with Honor Society Coffee Co. Billy, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Honored to be here with you. Excited about what is going to happen with the podcast. And uh, man, I'm I'm stoked for our conversation today. Yeah. We're on a nationwide search, but you know, you're local right here at Tomball. We still want to honor our Tomball. Ball like <laughs> we we love our Tomball businesses. I like going into shops and supporting local, buying local, all that stuff. I just want to bring that local story from across the country, right? You know, because I've had people on from across the country already, and it's like you've got your local shops you love. Right. They love to tell me about them, so I just want to tell the world about them, man. So, no, I love thank that. you for joining me in the studio today for this episode. We always started the beef off with an interesting, sometimes serious, sometimes funny icebreaker question. We're going to do the same exact thing for small business origins. So today I have an extremely serious question. (laughs) Would you rather speak all languages or be able to talk to animals? Wow. (laughs) Yep. Man, I think all languages would have to be, I would have to go for that. I think Mm -hmm. just such a people person in general, I think it would be really exceptional to be able to communicate with people all over the world, hear their story, learn about their culture, find out what makes them tick and just share a cup of coffee with them. Honestly, (laughs) you know, that's, it's kind of always been the way that I want to lean is like, Oh yeah, I definitely want to be able to talk to everybody immediately. You know, we think about like the story of Babel and all that, that happened. And I don't know, man, as much as I want to be able to speak all languages, mainly because I'm a mischievous type person. (laughs) So I would be the one that would sit there and just look like that white boy listening to (laughs) an entirely Spanish conversation. Like I have no clue what's being said. Yeah. And then just fluently start talking. I don't know if you're a fan of TikTok, but on TikTok, there's a few different pranksters. Okay. 
and they'll pull up to order Chinese food and then just pop off in Mandarin <laughs> and just start saying something to the people who are working right. there. And it blows their mind right? because they're like, wait a minute, how do you speak so well? Yeah. How do you know? And I'm like, if I could be that, that would be so that cool. Be. But I have an argument to this. So animals, being able to speak to animals, I would say that it's probably a fair assumption that if you know I speak English in my home, right. my dog understands English. If I spoke Spanish, my dog would understand Spanish. I can still find out everything I need to know about that owner by right. talking to their animal. And it's a pretty cool party trick. I like that. Like just being able to talk to, to animals and figure out what's going on and then think about all of the things that run through your animal's mind when right. you're not at home. Or all the knowledge in the world that these animals have that they can't share. I don't know, man. I think it'd be a pretty interesting conversation. I think back to like early civilization, like after the earth had cooled. Yeah. And like we read in Genesis, there was a talking snake. Right. So, I mean, was that actually a thing <laughs> before the fall and man like rebelled? And, yeah. you know, I've, I've thought about that before. Like, will we in a new heaven, new earth creation coming together, will we actually be able to talk to animals? Maybe so. I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> So I like Pretty both cool. of them. You know, John and I were talking about the icebreaker question before the show because I cheat and I yeah. get to see them beforehand. I have to pick them. So and we were like, man, the <laughs> things you could find out like about your kids, for instance, right? go home. And it's that typical thing. I have three babies at the okay. house. Right. And they just had birthdays. So it's now four, eight and 13 year old at the house. And I'm like, every time something happens around the house, I ask who did it. And it's always Casper, right? Not me, not me. I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm like, now I could just ask the dog, Hey, who did it? Oh, it was Caitlin. Right. <laughs> just telling on her, yeah. you know, letting it's like, know. It's like, what are those talking birds that tell on people? You've heard of those kind of yes. news stories before. Yeah. Where you've got, wow, the parrot yeah. starts parroting back things that they've heard. That's actually becomes a funny moment too. We have, so my daughter, 13, about to be 14, I have three boys who are older. She has a cat. And so I can imagine her wanting <laughs> to talk to the cat for yeah. sure. And definitely that would be interesting. I just for me. assume the cats would be just as snobby talking <laughs> to you as they are dealing with you Perhaps. in general life. Like, Perhaps. I've got one cat that loves to be pet, touched, held, whatever. And then I've got one that just kind of stands there and stares at you like you're the biggest idiot they've ever seen. And then another one that just doesn't want to be around anybody. She right. hates everybody. So Yeah, I told my daughter, I love you so much that I'm getting you a cat. <laughs> that demonstrates my great love for you yep. because I was not a fan of cats. Same. My house was not. And yeah. now we have three. Yeah, yeah. So Demonstrate your three love. Three kids, you got to have three cats. Yeah. You know? That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. We're here to talk about you and Honor Society <laughs> Coffee Co. And who y'all are, what y'all do, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So let's just hop into it, man. Tell me about yourself and how you got into being an entrepreneur. It's a journey, which I love. Uh, it's about a 10-year journey in the coffee world, honestly. So I just started in 2013, had this fascination, really curiosity about coffee roasting and started just reading. I had tasted some coffee from some friends who were on the West Coast. And I was like, this is very different than what I'm used to in your large national chain coffee stores and coffee shops. So I noticed something unique when I opened the package, like the smell of the coffee was like very different, had a sweetness to it, kind of a natural sweetness versus most of the time you have that smoky, almost over roasted kind of tint to it. So that kind of led me on a journey to like reading and down into this a hole of coffee. And so I couldn't get out of it for weeks and weeks and ended up decided I'm going to try roasting. I did it in my kitchen several different ways, tried it in the oven, 
And then I did it on a cast iron skillet was where I really took what I knew from reading, like almost like cooking a steak, that you got to have heat, temperature, time over a period of cooking water out of the coffee bean is what you're doing. And so you're expanding the coffee bean when you're cooking it. And at a certain point, the actual membrane around the bean expands and cracks. And they call that first crack. Well, then you keep cooking it. It gets to second crack. And for me, anything beyond second crack is just not drinkable. So that's kind of a way of knowing when to stop, how much heat to apply, all that. I just learned that over time by cooking wow. on my cast iron skillet and reading and realized, wow, that you can really roast tasty coffee. So I took this first little batch to my parents. They had a wedding anniversary that we were hosting, surprise kind of party, and I had it set up as a dessert piece with whatever we were serving dessert-wise. And people were like, who's made this coffee? Where's this <laughs> coffee? It was resonating with people. And I was like, oh, I roasted it like yesterday, just here. And then uh, my buddy was like, bro, you need to try taking that to the farmer's market and kind of see what would happen with a larger audience. So we tried to get in here. Tomball, that didn't work out right away. They already had some stuff going on. So we went to the woodlands and man, we loaded up early, drove out there, set up. And honestly, we just sold tons of bags of coffee wow. that day. And it just captivated me. And I was like, man, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I can run numbers. And I was like, you could actually do this and really exponentially expand by doing multiple farmer's markets. And so that's really where this idea first originated for what I started back then was Righteous Brothers Coffee. And that continued on for several years. And then like 2016, I got out of that business to pursue another calling in life to pastoral ministry. But coffee was always there. What I've learned is like, once you've gone into coffee, like you never can get out of it <laughs> because people always see you and they're like, hey, that's the coffee guy. Remember yeah. him? He, hey, he used good to buy coffee. coffee, man. It's hard to come by sometimes. Yeah. And so that kind of parlayed into a season, like a break from the actual business side of it. But we would do pop-ups. Like I would get asked to do things for different companies or friends who have businesses that would be like, hey, we'd love to do some gifts. And I still had some connections with people who were in that business. So while I didn't have all my equipment, per se, I could go and say, hey, I need help with coffee. I want it roasted like this. I'd like this particular origin of bean. Can you guys help me with that? And we're going to package it and give it away to you know companies and individuals. And so that continue to happen up until 2020, which was a dumpster fire of a year, right? <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. So I was sitting at home for like everyone else, just kind of on lockdown and thinking through a lot of different things. Well, I'm there with my teenage boys at the time who were 18, 16, 15, and my daughter. But really, I was thinking through like, what can I create that would help my boys kind of get an understanding of small business and entrepreneurship. And like, maybe they find like that taste for it, that they really want to go after it. And so I, I said, man, coffee, I could create a website. We can drop ship coffee all over the world. And the boys can handle all of that on the backside of it. I can get a, a website set up with a brand that would be good and received really well. And that's one of the things that I enjoy is like merchandising and branding. Oh, yeah. And I love that, the power of that and telling a story through it. Yep. And so I wanted my boys to work on the backside of it if I could help create the front side door that opened people to it. 
that's what happened. So we started working on that in like October of 2020 and came up with Honor Society. Now, Honor Society comes from this idea that I saw in Romans chapter 12, verse 10 that I was reading, and it says, honor others above yourselves. Mm, yep. And I was watching the world around me going, nobody knows how to do this. Nope. We don't do this very well. I find it hard to do it in my natural ability as well, just because I'm bent on myself. I turn in everything sure. towards me. And so I said, man, what if we could create something through the small little thing of coffee that could give people a taste of what Paul was writing about in Romans, honoring others. What if we did that through the vehicle of coffee? And then they experienced it when they tasted the coffee. They were like, wow, this is really good. And made them think like, whoever did this is doing something special. And we really like that. So for me, it's telling the story of the farmer who really does all the magic with the coffee. The work. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then we try not to screw it up when we get it and roast it. You sure. know. And so I'm trying to help people tell that story, experience that story, and then brought my boys into it. And that kind of took off in the end of 2020, early 2021. And all behind this was this love for our community where we've grown. I grew up here in Tomball. I've moved around for a number of years, but really kind of felt this vortex pulling me back yeah. here and have just come to know like this is where we're supposed to be for this season. And man, we wanted to create a space where people could experience this, where there was a culture of honoring others, culture of honoring the craft of roasting, as well as preparing and making great drinks, and then creating creative opportunities for people to get together, hang out in community and experience right. these things all together. And so we started looking, I'd been thinking through a coffee shop for like four years, honestly, and I have a friend, Matt who we both have been desiring that. And now we're partnering together in the coffee shop side of this business. So I said, hey, we're going to find a spot. Let's just be looking. And it took us, you know, nine, 10 months. And this space came open. It was like the third space that we had checked out. Yeah. But when we saw this space right here on Houston Street, we knew this was prime because we're located right by our friends and neighbors, Tejas Chocolate and Barbecue. Gray's right there. We got Callie's Kitchen. We've got the yoga, Wild Yoga. And then Gina's is right there on that street. And we we're like, this is a neighborhood that we feel really, really comfortable with. Absolutely. We love the trees. We love what the developers, the Hudson Group have done with the street. And so, man, it just kind of everything fell into place. Like we had been trying to do something for four and a half years. Right. And then in a matter of 10 to 11 weeks, it was ready to go. And so I say all that to say when the timing is right, you can't stop something. Yep. But when it isn't, you can't force something. Or if you do, it's going to go really, really bad. 100%. And so I learned that, you know, along the way. But Matt and I have this passion to really create a space for our community to just have a respite and create and experience. Coffee is just a tool. But what happens around coffee is all the other elements of community and creativity and then things that come out of it, friendships and just feeling a part of the family, really, as you create this family within yeah. the family of the coffee shop. So it's been great. Yeah. And you know, another big thing too about that, just kind of tying all that together is service. And that's one big thing that whether it was leadership or when I was a kid in youth group or right. anything else, one thing that was always pushed was service, you know, mm -hmm. to serve others. And 
who's happier than when they're getting served a nice cup of coffee, first right. of all? It kind of ties together with y'all's mission of, you know, we're here to honor people and serve people. Right. And, you know, having that shop, that storefront is something you can do better than just selling coffee online or at right. farmer's markets or anything else. It's really cool. So that's what you did full time. You were a pastor. Yeah, I still am a pastor full-time. Okay. Yep, full-time pastor, church called Church Project, and we are a church of house churches. So we have house churches scattered all throughout the community. We all gather together on Sunday ah. under one roof to worship, to hear teaching, to receive the communion, and to encourage and be a part of serving in the community. But we scatter all throughout the community in like 68, 70-something house wow. churches. So it's a large number of people involved in it. And so I'm kind of overseeing Tom Ball's house churches and developing and multiplying more house churches and just caring for people. So yeah. it's a, coffee really is like extension of caring for people for me, and it's pastoring people through a coffee shop. So when I'm not five days a week serving with the church, I'm two days a week hanging out, meeting, talking with people at the coffee shop and kind of overseeing culture. Because as I tell people, when you start something, no one cares about it as much as you do. Right. And so if whatever you want to replicate, you need to make sure you set in the culture it's so from the hard. beginning. So hard. Yeah, because you're right. Just like you said, it doesn't matter, you know, working at Beefy Marketing. I love Beefy Marketing. Right. Love this place. It'll never be, it's not my company right. per se. It's Andrew's company. You know, so as much as he cares for it, all of us, even if we care for it almost as much as him, we can't right. fully at some point. There's going to be a moment for me where I say, okay, I've done everything I can do. I'm stepping away and going home now to be with my kids. Right. Whereas with him, it's easier for him to say, if I don't stay up right. and stay here all night and get this done, then my company isn't going to do what I want it to do. And for me, no matter how much I am loyal to this place, it's like, well, it is a job. So right. it's not mine per se. Right. I take ownership in everything I do. Sure. But still at that point in time, it's like, hey, nobody's going to care for it as much as you do. No. And passion, when you're looking for people on your team, you want to find people who have a passion for that yep. and who also have a creative work ethic. And they, they really want to be a part and work together in that way. And I've just learned that over the years, but I will never work as hard for anyone else as I will for my own company. Yeah. Right. It's just how, I mean, it's just you, the way we're Like wired. I said, I mean, I stay up till- sure. I've sent emails at midnight. I mean, you know, you and I have emailed right. at 10 o'clock at night right. before. That's just sometimes what you have to do. You know, yep. it is what it is. But I'm different in that way, too, because a lot of employees won't have that kind of loyalty. Right. So you do have to surround yourself with some pretty amazing people if you yeah. want them to. Like you said, it's culture. And it you is. have to have that spelled out. It has to. And I, I mean, when you're starting something, you have a I feel like there's like a 90 day energy that you have to give to starting something to make sure that you're setting it on a good path. Build a good habit. You have to. Yeah. I think that's where we're at right now. We're like 40 days. Wow. So we're about halfway into that. And man, it's been so fun. And we've got amazing people. Matt's running day-to-day -day operations. He's hired great. We have a great lead barista and Emily. All of our workers that we've brought on have just had a passion for this and people and man, it, I think it makes a difference. I think that's what can set us apart from some of the larger chains that ha we all know about and sure. experience, and even some other places here locally, like for us, people and culture for us is about the passion for that, that, hey, we want people to have a great experience because we're not just giving them a cup of coffee. We're actually giving something beyond that. And I think right. people 
feel it, even if they don't know what it is. It's, it's us being an extension of our creator and like how he's wired to express love to his creation in all that he's given us. And we do that just through the gift of coffee, but it's what people feel and notice and they don't really know what it is, but it will lead, I think, to those conversations that allow us to express why and what's behind this. Yeah. I mean, and same thing, you know, you go to every place for a different reason. Right. You know, so your competitors, there's things I love about some right. of your competitors. There's some things I don't love about your competitors. Yeah. There's one of your competitors I can't stand, you know, and, right. and try not to spend my money in. And ultimately, it's like, I don't know, with coffee, I feel like there's enough love to go around. Because oh, yeah. I can drink more than one cup of coffee a day right. <laughs> easily. Right. More than one cup of coffee in a sitting. Right. I mean, let's be honest. I make myself two to two and a half cups of coffee every exactly. time I drink it. And like you said, it's not just going for that product. Right. It's going for everything that comes with it. Right. Why am I choosing to do business with you versus someone else? Yeah. So. I think like for me too, I had to realize I have to do what I'm good at and I have to focus in on being that. If I had a friend who's in business and he told me, if you're not known for one thing, you probably won't be known for anything within mm. that business. So whatever it is that you want to accomplish in business, be hyper-focused on that one thing. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do is we're not going to be a drive-through business. We're not going to hate on that business, but no. we're going to be the best who we're supposed to be right? with making great espresso drinks in an environment and culture that is warm and welcoming to people from everywhere. And so that's what we're trying to do, man. It's a fun game, and mm -hmm. it's fun to participate in something that's bigger than you. I think we all long for that. I think we, at our core need something outside of ourselves. And when we don't, it turns in on ourselves. It goes really bad in my, yep. my experience over time. And so we're wired and created to give outside of ourselves. I think that just been one of the other things that has been a huge, it just makes me happy to see so many people resonating with it. Right. So we were talking earlier about kind of your process behind making this coffee yeah. and I'll be honest, you know, I get passionate about subjects and I'll start looking them up and, and finding everything I can out about a certain thing and coffee is something that i enjoy the flavor like i, I drink black coffee right so you're uh, a purist like me yeah and don't get me wrong i'll still i love a good frappuccino right. or you know something fancy sure. i love good flavored creamers and stuff but i want the caffeine yeah. if i could just extract the caffeine and just take a shot of that i would do it in a heartbeat you know <laughs> right which you can medicinally you, can. you know yeah, you can, can actually get <laughs> caffeine in a jar but right it's the caffeine that I really want, but I actually enjoy the flavor of coffee as well. So I don't drink decaf coffee, but I could right. just because I enjoy the flavor. I mean, I've been drinking coffee since I was like five or six years old. Wow. So. <laughs> You're a professional, say, man. Yeah. I say I want the caffeine, but it really doesn't even do anything for right. me anymore right. until I have six or 700 milligrams and then I'm wow. shaking and feel like I'm going to die. You yeah. Know? But the passion behind learning first crack, second crack right the exact point of where you need to kind of like harvest it mm -hmm. for your purpose. Yeah. So right now, are y'all doing all of that in-house still or? No. So right now we partner with a friend who is a local micro roaster for espresso gotcha. and he knows exactly what we want. Right. Cause I remember you yeah. said that you said, yeah. you know, you told him, Hey, right. so this is kind of like farming it out right. to somebody, except this is my recipe, right. if you will. Exactly. Here's how I want you to cook it. Would it would be like okay. you had a co-packer or something that sure. you had, Hey, this is our recipe. We need you to really make this scalable and go big with it. Yeah. So it's very similar to that. Whereas we have this relationship, the guy's great with the craft that he does. And yeah. we're like, we don't have the equipment, 
So it's almost like you could have a shared roaster in a community. 100%. Which you could make a really, really fun opportunity for other people. Our next step, and we've been in these meetings already now, is to kind of get back to hands-on roasting in-house uh, in like 2023. So okay. we're excited Soon. about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're excited about that opportunity. I've done that before. I understand that business and I understand like what it does for you as a coffee bar once you have your own roasting just kind of in the other people's eyes for whatever reason it kind of just makes you level up to a place you know i think people just don't understand right it's still your recipe right you're still the one coming up with the exact process and just telling them you have the means to replicate it i don't so it's like do you want us like tejas right you know remember when tejas opened up all they did was sell out of barbecue all the time and it was like that's great but I want some barbecue too, you know, but they, of course they finally got right. everything down. They can cook plenty now. I've right. never gone in recently and had them say we're out of something, you yeah. know, they may say we're getting low, so order it now. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of that same thing. Like, do you want to come to honor society and not be able to get our coffee because we sell out by noon every right. single day? Or do you want us to use someone that we trust, right. we know, and you're still going to get the same great level yeah. of service as yeah. if I did it myself. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's a working partnership where we're working together. We're helping him as he's growing his business sure. and he's helping us a lot. And then we're, we're also relying on others to provide, you know, our bags and labels and stuff like that right. for our product. So I like that. I mean, I think it's cool to share in the help and growth of others when they're in the small business. I mean, to be able to do that. But ultimately, we know. For us to continue to expand and grow and who we want to be, we want to be roasting in-house. Sure. It's just time, time and some money. Oh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I need you to make the chocolate covered. <laughs> the so espresso that I can beans. Just eat the espresso yeah, yeah. beans. Like, oh, man, I'm telling you. So youth group, I was probably 12, 13 years yeah. old. And I would. I'd go to the store, buy a bag of those, and just eat them <laughs> while I'm right there running around in the church, you know, acting a fool off right. of caffeine. Well, the Tejas guys have done that with us before over the years. Okay. So there's an opportunity. The challenge with that. Because their chocolate's is, amazing. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. And the challenge with that is keeping it cost effective just yep. because they, the equipment you got to have to actually make those really, really well. If you make them by hand, it's super expensive, obviously, because sure. you've got to have somebody doing that. But yeah, that, it's, it's a fun product and we've done it, <laughs> but it's just it's just pricey. Yeah. You know, another local favorite, someone we've had on the show, Goatman. He sells those, I believe, calls them goat poop. So you can get a little (laughs) jar of goat poop, you know? Yeah, it's definitely something I enjoy as well. So where do you, well, not exactly where, but sourcing your beans. Kind of walk us through what you can talk about on that. Yeah, so we could source from every major growing region around the world. Houston's amazing because we have such a large port. We have everything. You can go down South Houston at the port and there's a warehouse that's just lines and lines of coffee bags. Wow. And that's amazing. But Tomball is even more amazing because we have local sourcers here in Copan who've been doing it for 25 years. Yep. And they source great coffee. We can get it from pretty much every growing region that we want to source from. And then we partner with Jiva as well. And they're a Houston-based family company who've been around for about 30 years in specialty coffee. And they're down past Willowbrook on 249. So we have a lot of good access to great coffee. And that's where we start is like you go in, you source the coffee that you cup and like. So cupping is basically a wine tasting for coffee. Nice. You're tasting and swishing and spitting and going to the next coffee and getting the flavor nuance. So I like to take that wine 
if you're into wine or you know anything about wine and kind of mirror that with coffee because a lot of the same flavor nuance, process of growing, process of harvesting, all that is very, very similar. And then the flavor profiles are affected in the same way that coffee and wine have the very similar effect on the growing region, the sun, the shade, mountainous, right. valley grown, all these type things affect the flavor. That you never think about. Yeah. yeah. And so when people come in and they're like, I don't know what I like. Well, do you like Merlot? Do you like Cabernet? Do you like Pinot Noir? Then I can kind of move them into a, a coffee that I think would they would enjoy because wow. they're yeah, okay. it's very cool. Yeah, I never thought wine and coffee tastes would be so similar. Because we have our palates are so unique sure. in that way, right? And yeah. so if we like a certain flavor note in this wine, we're probably going to like a certain flavor note in this type of coffee. Makes sense. Yeah. Just not it's, something I would have ever thought about. No, it's just something I learned over the years. My wife yeah. helped me. She's a super taster, especially when it comes to wine. She can <laughs> taste all that. Seriously. like That's awesome. I'm like, I know what tastes good to me, but you taste all this other stuff. I'm like, that's amazing. So she's helped me over the years, and we've talked and kind of come up with that kind of concept to help consumers who maybe they don't really know what they like in coffee. So it's kind of like, let's try to help educate and then bring them along. So that's fun. Yeah. I mean, you say, because I've been drinking it at an early age, I'm a professional, but listen, (laughs) I've been drinking trash coffee. Like, And don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on the big ones, but you know, my grandma drank Folgers. Right. Like that was her thing. That's what I started on. But what is the difference as far as... I mean, just the whole thing yeah. from the growing process to the cooking process. What makes your coffee so different from those big names of Folgers right. or Community or any of those? Why is it that your coffee tastes, in some people's opinion, so much better? It's like anything. I think when it's smaller, you pay attention to the details a little more okay. when you're starting something and you're controlling kind of what you're doing. Just think about any like Tejas, you know, or any restaurant that we know that has expanded it's hard to control quality once you start scaling. And so I think by nature in business, it's one yeah. of the things we battle because you've got to let go of things and you've got to say, hey, what's most important here? Right. And then for us, we're still small. And I learned that when you're micro roasting, you can control the flavor nuance and everything. And you have a little more, I think, freedom to do creatively rather than a big guy who's got to just crank out and they want a consistency across the board. It's easier to just crank out a ton and just, in my humble opinion, over roast everything. You get that same flavor in every drink. If you add milk or whatever to it, it still tastes like tar or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, I'm more like, how do I take time to craft something unique that is special? And that requires time and just uh, creative innovation really to be able to do that because it's hard when you get somebody in there they're just like hey i'm just a cog in this big machine yep trying to make all this stuff happen all day for eight hours versus a micro roaster who has a real real respect for the craft right and they have a palate that they've roasted toward like that's what i did when i started roasting i just roasted to what i liked sure I, why would i roast something, something i didn't yeah. like <laughs> not gonna make something yeah, you yeah, yeah yeah so and i was like i hope everyone else likes it you yep. know that's another fun thing. Yeah, I guess I would liken it to craft beer versus right. your regular everyday, you know, Bud Light, Budweiser. Right. It's like, yeah, those are good. They'll yeah. get you there for sure. I mean, I'll drink Keystone, you know, whatever. <laughs> I will not, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff is, it's pretty, pretty low on the totem right. pole. But then when you get into the craft brew, it's right. like, well, there's so many different flavors that I'd never known about. Like, 
citrusy right. beers and then adding in something that's got more of a hoppy flavor to right. it and then something you know that just there's so many changes and as i drink it i'm like oh wow st arnold's lawnmower really does have a grass clippings type right. hit on your palate you know and i can taste it now and i see the difference so i guess i need to do like a coffee tasting it's fun and man. come down and see you know awesome. what the different types of coffees are and you know yeah. why it's so different because so many of us are just used to, well, throw cream and sugar and it all tastes the same or right. I just drink it black and there's some I like and some I don't. You right. Know? And that's another part of education, which I enjoy in the whole coffee side of things for people is you can buy an Ethiopia bean, for instance, very fruity, very floral, like almost blueberry, strawberry notes Wow. on an Ethiopia bean. Amazing. And then you can buy a Columbia, classic Columbia, get a dark chocolate nuttiness to it mm. and it's just yeah. amazing but people are going to fall in those two spectrums like i really love this ethiopian have the little earthiness to it and then or no i love colombian with that dark chocolate nuttiness i just think it's fun to to be able to play with that and, and pull those flavor nuances out when people aren't used to it right of course there's something to be said for power of suggestion that's sure. involved in that but yep. it's it's true it's not manipulative i mean it's actually Hey, these are the notes that we're tasting when we grind and we smell and we we swish and all that. It's a fun process. And uh, I think over time, you just kind of land in a place where you like a certain flavor and uh, you go for it. And yeah. that's what I've done. Like Guatemala for me. I just love Guatemala. I get a little bit of citrus, a lot of caramel, a little bit of nuttiness. And man, for me, that's home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, my expertise is the different major manufacturers right. and then of course the different local shops that mm -hmm. i've been to but honestly it's just when we cruise right and we go to like belize i like to get a bag of coffee there or we'll just wherever we're right. at i like to grab a bag of coffee and the only thing i can tell you different about it is i can smell it before i even get to the there bag and it's flavor sealed right so i'm like this is this is some really good stuff like i can right. smell it all the way through the bag whereas you know with the big guys it's like well it tastes like coffee. <laughs> right. Yeah. Freshness matters too. Like the time that the, the coffee from the time that it's roasted and then it has to off gas mm. where there's still like this process that's happening over two to three days. Gotcha. And then while it doesn't go technically bad on the shelf or whatever, but when you see something that's been there for six months. Not as fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're, you're going to taste the lack of freshness. Gotcha. But will it taste like coffee? Yeah, but will it taste... It's good, no way. And it's like anything. Why would we want something that's not fresh? Why would we want to just keep it and then never enjoy it while it's the fresh? Right. Other than wine. I mean, wine gets better over over time. Yeah. A little different. A uh, little different, but fermentation, all those things. But coffee or any other type of food-based item, you want to enjoy that fresh. You right. Know? So is this something that's going to kind of change in 2023 when you start roasting your own stuff or... Can I buy yes. just the beans from you right now? You can buy right now. Yeah, okay. Because we still we're still able to provide that. Right. I mean, you're that. still using yeah. it. Yeah. So and it we have it there in the shop. Again, I can't stress this enough. I get it. It is it's your recipe. Right. It may be the same bean, right? But I'm assuming that if you know another competitor took that same bean you sourced and made it the way they wanted to, it's still gonna taste different right. than the way y'all make That's it. That's right. So yeah. We just have a recipe for these origins that go in our espresso. And it's this, we want it roasted this way. Yeah. For me, I guess with coffee, I just always thought it was the growing process that made right. the flavor. I never realized how different, how you roast it can change everything. Yeah. I never thought about that. 
Yeah, that's been a lot like the beer world, the craft beer scene over the last 20 years. I mean, I would say those parallel really well with the coffee and craft coffee business. Right. And how like some of the big guys who were really doing it well from Portland and the West Coast, like the Stumptowns, like the Blue Bottles now, who are really doing things great, started roasting in their garden and like in this little little outhouse out by his garden out in San Francisco, you know, Blue Bottle. And now they're right. like all over the world. But they still hold on to that craft culture and conviction about quality sure, and maintain that to a degree. So we, we would fall in that line of like, hey, we want to continue to do this. And yeah, we'll, we'll grow and expand. But really, we want to create that culture to where it's like you go somewhere here, you go to another shop in another community, you're going to experience that same level of hospitality, coffee, community, et cetera. Heck yeah. Well, what hours are y'all open and what days? Yeah. When do I come to see and get that fresh cup? Yeah, so you could come Monday through Friday. We're open at 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then Saturday, we push it back in the morning to about 8 and then close at 5. Okay. So, and we're, yeah, we're still getting our head around these hours, but could change. But right now, it's going well. Yeah, That's all that matters. Yeah. So obviously, I can get the coffee beans mm-hmm. and use those at home. Or I can come in and get, I'm sure, just a regular cup of joe. You can, yeah. And then what type of like specialties and yeah. stuff do y'all offer? Do you have any snacks or mm-hmm. any other drinks? What do you yes. got? So we just call ourselves a full service neighborhood coffee bar, which means we primarily make espresso-based drinks. So that's the pressure-brewed, fancy-looking machine that you run the espresso, yep. grind it really, really fine. Pressure, steam comes through and produces a crema, which is this really fantastic-tasting Kind of dark brownish, reddish looking liquid. And that's what makes the base of any latte, flat white, cortado. We have a drink that we call Gibraltar, which is kind of my favorite. It's in a Libby Co. Gibraltar glass, which is less than a cortado size. So you you basically put a double shot espresso in there and then add a layer of steamed milk, which ends up being a little bit less than a cortado so over time, I learned these drinks were just words in Latin that mean cortado means cut of milk, macchiato marked with milk. Oh, okay. You know, okay. latte, a lot of milk. I think I, <laughs> no made, way. I think I made that up. But. Okay, I was. <laughs> you were about to blow my mind. I was. Gonna, <laughs> but but but, but that's, oh, definitely, you got me. that's definitely a way to look at it. Yeah. Is it's basically how much milk do I want on top of my espresso? Okay. Right. And then you have americano, just espresso with hot water. And that's actually the origin story of that is really, really cool. The GIs coming out of the war went over to Italy. And Italy, you go and it's just a double shot espresso, un cafe, un cafe. That's all they give you. This little tiny, looks like a a little doll coffee cup. (laughs) It's called a dimitas. They give you that. And the Americans were like, this is too bitter. Can you throw some water in there? And they're like, ah, the Americano, the Americano. So it's actually like a a smug kind of thing towards Americans. Yeah. Where we were like, we can't handle the the good stuff. We need to water it down. So those are fun things you learn over time in this industry. But Americano is great because you get a rich flavor of espresso. Not so bitter. You add some water into it, a warm drink. And then what I really think is cool and what happened like when I first started in coffee 2013 was we got in and started making this thing called Nitro cold brew. Yep. And it's essentially taking nitrogen and delivering the cold brew coffee through a nitrogen infused system, almost like Guinness beer. So you get this creamy cascading effect on the coffee 
And because it's cold brew is brewed at kind of room temperature, it really draws out the deeper chocolate notes and flavors that come versus hot brewing brings a little more acidity into it. So standard like cold brewing locks in just a really nice flavor profile to put over ice and all that. But when you add the nitrogen to it, you get this creamy, creamy mouthfeel. It's just a beautiful presentation too when you see it. Right. You see the cascading. So we have this thing called draft latte and it's nitrogen infused cold brew on a tap. It's a cool presentation. And then you throw in whatever kind of milk or alternative milk in that. Super good. And then on Saturdays, we have this special thing called happy hour. So from two to five on a Saturday, come through the shop. We have Bluebell, vanilla bean Ooh. ice cream. We take two and a half scoops, drop it in one of those cups, yep. pull the nitrogen down over it. It's out of this world. And you can just take that to the bank. I mean, it's amazing. Or you can do an affogato where it's just a scoop and then a shot of espresso over the top of it. And that's yeah. two to five on Saturdays because we don't have freezer capacity yet right. to do it throughout the week. But we will. Man, those flavor combinations to me are just like mind-blowing and I love it. Yeah. So I work full-time in the fire service okay. and I've been in the fire service for a long time. And yeah. That was something that we had a firefighter that would do that randomly. He would just take his cup of coffee and we didn't have milk or right. creamer or anything at the station one day and so i was like well we have vanilla ice cream in the freezer as a joke right and he was like okay scoop scoop and he was like actually it's pretty good it is (laughs) even better bro with like even nitro cold brew or affogato with the espresso i mean that flavor to me is just like it's hard to beat that yeah i'll have to come in and try it it's fun i do want to stop for just a second and say that we couldn't bring this podcast to the public and get all this information out without our sponsors, without our, you know, whether it's a title sponsor or those who buy ads on the show. So I do have to stop and talk about Beefy Marketing and just say that this is something great that Beefy is doing, allowing me as an employee the time to sit down and host this show every single week, as well as bringing all of these customers and clients in, not only of ours, but of other people's and just random people throughout the country and sharing their stories. We couldn't do it without them. I mean, quite frankly, this studio is owned by Beefy. The producer is an employee of Beefy. Like they really make this show happen. So I just want to stop and say that with your website, graphic design, your SEO work, anything you need for your website, they are a full service digital marketing agency. So anything and everything you need, we can take that stuff off of your plate as a business owner and make sure that you have time to focus on the good things that you're trying to do with your company. But most importantly, website and SEO is just where we shine. Whether you want a full custom website that's going to take a little bit to get into place, but is going to be unique and look amazing. Or if you're in a rush and you just need a template website slapped together with your logo, your colors, it's going to look great as well and get your story across. Beefy Marketing is there for it all. All you have to do is head over to beefymarketing.com. Or you can shoot the best looking salesman here and email john at beefymarketing.com. We'll get you taken care of, get you a quote proposal, a nice discovery meeting to see where you're at and how we can be a partner in where you're going. And that's it. I didn't want to interrupt for long. I just had to kind of stop there and talk about it for a second. So obviously I need to come see you tomorrow then, or yeah, tomorrow, (laughs) tomorrow because I'm going to go back to work tomorrow, even though I'm supposed to be on vacation this week. I cut it short and I'm just going to head in, get those hours, you know, so I have to bring the crew by because we like ice cream for sure. At the close last Saturday, there was a festival happening down the street at the church in the church. Yeah, I saw, I guess, Matt, your business partner. I saw him there and met him. I saw the honor society and I was like, 
hey, are you Billy? And he was like, no, I'm Matt. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. I was yeah. like, I've been talking to Billy. He's like, yeah, awesome. Yeah. And we had 15 or so high school footballers and their families rolled in at like right at 5.05. Oh, of course. We were cleaning our machine, right? And so I'm like, we have ice cream and cold brew. And hey. I, th I think actually they won on that deal because they got all the nitro floats and we were able to get rid of all the ice cream that we had. And yeah, it was amazing. It's so, a win for you. Yeah. So 505 every day. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but two to five on Saturdays, man. Yeah. Happy hours fun. Man, that's amazing. Yeah, I definitely an ice cream fan, definitely yeah. a coffee fan. So if you've got something that'll combine those two, I'm gonna have to come see you right. tomorrow. Yeah, sure. yeah. And we have back to the baked items. So we have pastries from Mana. Okay. just moved from down off 249. They've moved right into Old Town off Commerce. Amazing. They're gluten-free blueberry scone. Mm. I don't understand how they do it, but I just eat it. It yeah. tastes amazing. I can't believe it's gluten-free. And then they have a lemon vegan gluten-free muffin that's lemon poppy seed. Great as well. Oh, and then all the other. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And then we've got cinnamon rolls. We've got other things that are savory, like kolaches with jalapeno and cheddar and then some other things like the almond croissants and bear claws but they provide things on the regular for us and they've just been moving right down the street so i can like ride my bike over there from the shop if i want to now right. and pick up stuff but they're great we also have some things like sparkling water saint arnold root beer some other products for kids chocolate milk orange juice some things that if you're not a coffee drinker you can right. come hang out yeah grab a little soda grab a sparkling water chill out, enjoy the the back porch where that amazing tree is, mm -hmm. which really to me is like my, that's my secret spot. A little happy place. Yeah. I get there early, me and Jesus, coffee. I just sit and stare and like, you can't buy those. No. You know? Those are, God can do those. I right. can't. Just enjoy that. And then many, many times we're going to be doing music off that backstage. So we've got one Saturday night. Oh, okay. Coming up with a young man out of A&M, graduate, Keller Cox, kind of this up and coming Texas country artist. We're excited. To Is this have tomorrow, him. Saturday? This or? tomorrow, Saturday. Okay, yeah. so, so at that's the time we're recording the, this, they'll listen, and this, this just happened. Happen. Yeah. You missed it already, but upcoming events. Yes, so. we'll have another one coming up December yeah. on the 11th. So we're going to try to do at least one a month. Okay, and so so far we've we had a couple of great acoustic type singer songwriter Nashville guys that did really fun fun stuff. So it it becomes this another opportunity for community yep. to come together and enjoy the beautiful tree while the weather's great. Oh yeah. We have our friends at Gray's helping us out. They're offering beer and wine right there at their place. So it, it's a real fun thing. And so on Christmas, we're going to do a show coming up with Robbie C. He's a local artist, been around, traveled. He grew up in Magnolia. His wife and I went to high school together. Oh, wow. It's really fun, but a lot of good friends. We're going to celebrate Christmas together by singing and sipping on great drinks together out under the tree, following at the close of the German Christmas market on that Sunday in yep. Tomball. So it'll be right after that at seven o'clock. But we're going to continue to do things like that as time allows and scheduling works out. But really, it's us just saying, hey, all of our friends and your friends, let's come and enjoy this beautiful community of Tomball together. Yeah, that's a big thing about Tomball. You know, of course, this show, I'm not bragging or, you know, talking out of my butt or anything it, <laughs> for real we have listeners from across the country and uh, even across the world so one big thing i would implore every listener to do is if you haven't been to tomball texas or you don't know where that's at you don't know what i'm talking about to visit because 
two things. First of all, the whole, the city as a whole just has so many fun events, right? The business owners here are so closely connected and do so many different things together. And then where you hit it on the head was earlier when we were talking about where you're located and being right in that historic downtown area. That's the cool part is you may be listening, thinking I have no interest in this episode because I hate coffee. That's fine. You can hate coffee. Your spouse may love coffee. Your friend you're with may love coffee. Your brother or sister or family member you're hanging out with may love coffee. And there's so much to do in that little area where you're at. Mm -hmm. You can go and not just make a coffee trip out of it. You can go have a great dinner, whether it's a vegan restaurant. They got it. You want grass-fed style food? They've got it. Yep. You want awesome Texas barbecue and chocolate? They've got it. You want great places to go shopping? Right there, right. walking distance. They've got it. So yeah. it's like you can go shopping, catch dinner, and then cap the night with a nice cup of coffee. And a and show. Like you said, even walk next door and get you a beer or wine or a mixed drink. Right. I mean, Gray's does some amazing oh, things. Amazing. Infusions and right. stuff like that. There's so much to do here that mm-hmm. if you're not coming to try it out, if anything, not just for Honor Society Coffee right. Co., but any other thing that's around there, there's so much to do, you won't be bored. Yeah. And there's a growing community of Airbnbs where yep. people are wanting that for a respite getaway. Yeah. We have friends who are doing that, and uh, one of my brothers is doing it, but they let us go stay in one of their Airbnbs one night during the middle of the week. Yep. And we got up and we walked over there, our coffee shop. It was yeah. just really cool experience to have that. You know, we've never lived in a community where we were just able to walk to the, our favorite coffee shop, go to our restaurant, walk back to our house. You yeah. Know, that was a, just a really cool. A friend of mine owns 200 Houston Street. Okay. So right there in the church parking yep. lot. For about six, six and a half months, my family and I lived there okay. renting yes. from her and her husband because we were building a house, right. you know, we were moving out. We sold our house to afford to build the right. new house and capture that profit. We needed somewhere to stay. So we were renting yep. that property. And I was like, if you ever think about selling this house, I want to be the first right. person you call. Well, right. I'm going to repeat that plan. Honestly, what you, what you just told me, <laughs> yes. I mean, we have plans to kind of do that same thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think it's a good plan. And just, and to, I love that you know, idea. There. That's something we talked about while I was on shift last was Airbnb. Right. And it's like, it's so weird that you can say that. Why would you want to Airbnb a house right in the middle of Tombaugh? And it's like, because I don't want to live in a thousand square foot, right. two bedroom home. That's right. Permanently. I did right. it for six months and was ready to lose my mind. <laughs> but it's such a great location because you're right. It's like you can walk to the German Heritage Festival that happens twice a year. You can walk to the, the farmer's, farmer's market. market. Yeah. You can walk to any of the other events. Like we are event city. Right. You know, if Nashville's music city, I think that's what we should call Tombaugh's <laughs> event city because right. there's so many events that happen. And old historic Tomball right there is where it all happens. So it's like, if nothing else, it's worth paying the annual taxes on just to have the parking. Right. No, for <laughs> real. I mean, I, I say the same thing. So yep. we're excited about that. Of course, the community continues to grow and there's younger families that continue to move out here because of the quality of life, the schools, the hometown with a heart. It's all those things that I've known for a long time because I grew up here and have wanted other people to experience and now to kind of be a part of that renaissance happening. There's like this yeah. tipping point that hits. It's been really cool. And I'm excited about what's going to be over the next five to 10 years too. Yeah. I mean, Tomball took off initially, you know, when it was Peck, right. Because of the oil boom right. and not the necessarily railroad. oil, but yeah, the railroad and natural gas yep. and 
everything else. Like this was just the it town to move to right. because you had all that. Plus you got free gas because <laughs> I forget the name of the, I don't know if it was Exxon. Humble oil. Humble oil. There yeah. you go. Who was like, Hey, everyone who lives here, free gas, yeah. you know? So it's like, this is a killer place to go. And then this is almost a repeat of that. Right. hundred years later. But it's just a different reason now. Right. Where Tomball's the epicenter of so much. So yeah, our nationwide audience, our worldwide audience, you have got to come to Tomball. Yeah, and it's totally. just a small town. Yep, you're not coming to the city of Houston or Austin or San Antonio or Dallas or New York City or anything like that. But that's why you want to visit here, right? Because everyone's going to walk around and know each other, and when they find out you're new here, they're going to walk you around to right. meet everybody and that's make right. you part of the family. Yeah, no, it's so, so good. Yeah, man. I mean, I could probably talk to you all day. Oh yeah, yeah. it's been a great conversation. Is there anything else we need to get out about Honor Society Coffee Co. and your personal story here? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's <laughs> we dove, uh, yeah, we, we dove yeah. pretty deep. And I think it's, like I said, just to reiterate the space that Matt and myself and our team have created is for you. It's not about us. It's not for us. It's for the people. And that's why, that's why we exist, for other people to enjoy what God has given us in this world. So we want to do that well. We want to honor people. We want to honor the Lord. That's our heart. If we get to experience a bunch of fun things along the way, even better, and share those with other people and have them enjoy those, that's that's what it's all about for us, man. Heck yeah. Well, I hope our listeners come in and tell you yeah. they heard you on the show and had to come try you out because of it. It happens sometimes. Cool. So I really hope all of our listeners get down there and try it. Awesome. I will admit I have not had it yet. Sure. You've only been in business 40 days, yeah. you know, so <laughs> I am going to probably come today because I am cool. tired and need some caffeine and I want to try it out, man. Uh, yeah, it's bro. something that's been on our list to go do. So cool. we're going to knock that out. But once awesome. again, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Thank you all for having me, man. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, that's it. Listeners, thank you for tuning in for the first ever episode of Small Business Origins. It has been an amazing run, like I said in the beginning, 56 episodes over a year that every single week, without missing one week, we have brought you a new business, a new entrepreneur telling their story and sharing with you just that personal story of how they got started and some of the things that they've kind of come up against or some of the triumphs that they've had. And we appreciate you tuning in every single week to hear it. So Everywhere you get your podcasts, we're still going to be available. The only thing that changed was the logo, the intro, the outro, all those things you heard. But our story is still the same and our goal is still the same. And nothing changes about your podcast now but the name. So keep tuning in. We'll see y'all. And you know what? Actually, that brings me to the tagline. You know, we talked about the tagline. That's not going to change either because it is what it is. I like it. I use it. It's an awesome one. So until the next episode, as always, listeners, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.